Hey guys, Danny here, and on this episode of Music Lesson Business Academy, I'm going to cover two main things. I'm going to go a little more in-depth into my student live stream event I did this past week, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about how our teachers probably aren't doing anything near what we think they're doing in their lessons. All right, let's roll the intro. everybody. Hope you're doing good. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. As always, coming to you from Orange County in California. Uh, been a really busy, busy week here, and I apologize for the late delivery on this episode. Uh, I don't even know what... We gotta be coming up on 200 here fairly soon, I would think. I haven't really been... I haven't really looked at the count, but it's got to be getting into that area and, uh, you know, a couple of weeks here and there I've missed over the, the past two years, but been pretty good with the Tuesday. So I'm a little late this time and I apologize for it, but just so much going on. My student live stream making huge changes uh, at my school, which I will be talking about potentially in next week's episode, if not next week, the week after that. So I hope you guys are all doing good out there. Um, before I get into the episode, a couple things. If you like these episodes and you feel like supporting the podcast, you can do that by becoming a Patreon member. Go over to patreon.com backslash music lesson business academy. You get an extra podcast episode every month. Uh, I do other little update videos behind the scenes and what I'm doing right now and listen up you current Patreon supporters, send me a message through Patreon. Ask me anything episode. I'm going to make a video just answering your questions. You got a crazy marketing question. You got an employee issue, whatever it is. Here's some free coaching advice for you. All you have to do is simply type a message to me and I will make that video for you guys and get that out to you Patreon members. So take advantage of that. Uh, but for the rest of you, if uh, you feel like supporting the show, Patreon is a great way to do it. This episode of Music Lesson Business Academy is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. Go check those guys out. Chris and Jen over there, they do SEO, Facebook ads, Google ads, website design and development, uh, and general marketing for music schools. I've been doing my Google AdWords for a while now. Great to work with. I think they do a great job. Check it out. They'll give you a little marketing assessment. And if you mention you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy, you save a hundred bucks. Also, this episode is brought to you by TeacherZone. I use TeacherZone for all my scheduling and billing and student learning management needs. Hit those guys up. They would love to give you a free demo. All right, let's get into today's stuff.
All right, so I wanted to tell you guys a little bit more about my student live stream event that happened this past Sunday. Now, I've talked about it a little bit before and I've posted a little bit of uh, video stuff on the Music Lesson Business Academy Facebook page. Um, but I just wanted to go a little bit more in detail. This is the second event we've done and I'm even more convinced that this is something really, really cool and you know, it is a really great pathway forward when it comes to student events. So let me give you a little bit of context uh, of what I'm thinking about with this. Now, I, I've seen lots of schools out there doing like uh, a Zoom recital where, you know, people or using StreamYard is actually probably may even be better than Zoom if you do want to do something where people are calling in from home. I've been on a few uh, interviews lately. I'm doing another one this Friday, the live from, uh, no, it's called We'll Do It Live with John and Greg. Um, and, uh, you know, they use StreamYard because you can kind of have the guests sort of waiting in the green room and then boom, you bring them in. Uh, and I was on another show fairly recently, the Planet Jack radio show. Um, with my friend Jack Sonny, who was, uh, is most well known as the other guitar player in the Dire Straits. Um, great guitar player, cool dude, author, and uh, he's putting together kind of an internet radio station that I'm going to probably be part of. Anyway, um, so StreamYard could be a, an option for you guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, and I think these are, are cool events to do with your students. The, the downside that I see to the student performing from home is that you just don't have any control over how the video looks and how the audio sounds. Um, you know, so, so there's a limited amount of stuff that I think you can do with it. Um, although I have seen some people also playing pre-recorded videos in there, and I think that's a great option. Positive side of doing kind of a call-in from home big Zoom recital is that you can get a lot of students involved. You can do 30 students or so, you know, in one show, whereas my live stream show is smaller. Uh, it, it could be bigger than what I've done the last two times, but we're kind of feeling it out here and still getting all our ducks in a row. So I didn't want to go too big with it, but I could do 10 or 12 live streamed performers. So the idea would be to do it more often. Uh, I might need to do one live stream event a month. But the reality is, now that I've got it kind of figured out, it's actually pretty easy. And in a lot of ways, man, it's way easier than trying to do some big actual, you know, 200 people sitting there recital. Here's a couple other things to think about. No parents really want to sit in the plastic chairs at your recital thing for two hours. They tolerate it. They don't like it. They don't love it. They tolerate it. Yes, they love seeing their child perform and do their thing, but they don't really look at it like a social event. You know, they're not really spending a bunch of time interacting with the other parents and communicating with the teachers. It's kind of in, watch our thing, and, you know, unless you kind of guilt them into staying like I do, they really want to leave the minute their child is done. And that's a reality, and I get it. People are busy, you know, and who wants to sit in the plastic chair, you know, while a ton of kids get up there and play Twinkle Twinkle? Uh, you know, it's just not that awesome. Um, 
so what's great about this live stream event is if you do it often, you can still get, you know, a large number of students kind of through, through the performances as your year goes on. You know, if you do 10 or 12 performances per live stream and you do it once a month, you know, you can, you can create a lot of performance opportunities for a lot of students. The other thing is you can have them submit videos. So, you know, our show is kind of a mixed bag of live performers and then student compilation videos and then student performance videos that were sent in from home. One of the other elements that's just so much better about this live stream is that it sounds really, really good. And it's not hard to make it sound good. We're generally not doing a full band at this event. It's usually, you know, maybe somebody playing piano and a student singing or a student playing and singing, a student on guitar uh, singing and playing, you know. That type of thing, it's not very hard to make it sound really, really good. And, um, you know, we're getting better with our camera angles and, you know, we need to get better with our lighting and all those kind of things. But we definitely made a big bump up from our previous one to this second one. So here's a couple things that we did. We did this one at a rehearsal studio that had a nice stage uh, with some cool lights and stuff like that. Um, so. And they also had a great keyboard that I rented as part of it. So I didn't even really have to bring that stuff. All I brought with me was my computer, my cameras, tripods, um, a couple of large condenser diaphragm microphones for vocals. And the ones we're using, guys, these are $99 mics that we get from Guitar Center. And, and the students' voices sound awesome through these mics. You don't have to spend a ton of money on this. The, the most expensive thing that you're going to encounter in trying to really do a live stream really well like this is most likely the cameras. And um, so I'm using my Sony a6000, which is about 450 bucks, and then um, a video capture card uh, going into OBS software, which is the software is free. And then I bought a used a Sony a5000 off of eBay for $215. It's not the best thing in the world for live streaming um, because it doesn't give clean HDMI output, which means on the screen, you see at the bottom, you see, um, you know, a little bit of information like your ISO and, you know, what the aperture setting is. But all you do is crop it in a little bit on OBS and boom, that's gone. So that camera looks great. That's the camera that was on me as the host camera. So we basically had three scenes set up. A host, which was me sitting at a desk, kind of doing my David Letterman with my index cards. Um, a front-facing camera on the student. And then we had a side-facing camera that we ran in black and white on the student. So it, it really doesn't involve that much. And there's so many possibilities of places you could go with something like this. So uh, the next one we're going to do is going to be all drums only. It's going to be drummers day, like, we, you know, which is an event that we used to always do live. So we're going to do it as a live stream event. It should sound really good. I can get great drum sounds. Um, so it's going to sound good. It's going to look good. It's going to be really fun. We're going to add probably uh, some segments that the teachers uh, or myself or some of the teachers might record in advance 
uh, and play as a segment in the, um, you know, uh, as part of the show. We can do a contest, so we could do a name that tune or something like that. Give away something really cool that inspires people to stick around and watch the show. Now, the one we did this Sunday, it was only about 35 minutes long. Um, so yeah, it might be closer to an hour if we do 10 or, or more people, but it, it really moves fast. So what we do is you might have a student perform. And then when that performance is done, the angle changes back over to me as the host. And I talk for a second, I could read an announcement. I could talk about something important happening at the school. I could do a contest, whatever I want while I'm doing that they can switch out to the next performer or I can, what we did in this case is I had a video of some sort in between each performer. So it would come back to me just for a few seconds, then I would introduce the video and then we would go and there'd be a couple minute video. So you have a couple minutes of video and during that time, the performer can leave, the next performer comes up um, and we don't keep everybody in the same room. We kind of had a holding room or they could stay outside so that we, you know, people were kept apart and they just kind of come and go. Um, and it just flows really easy. Um, the recording studio or the rehearsal studio we were at, uh, had a nice 100 foot long ethernet cable cause they're doing some live streaming from there. So we were able to plug my computer right into the ethernet cable. So we had flawless great internet signal. We didn't have a single issue with any dropouts or anything like that. And I just really, again, I see the potential for this kind of event just far surpassing anything that we could do with the traditional, let's get everybody down to, you know, chuggies or flingers on a Sunday night, you know, uh, two hours, try to get through 35 kids and make everybody sit there. And, you know, I went to great lengths at those kind of events to make them special, the photo booth and I'd have my cotton candy machine out there and the, you know, all these things to try to like add, you know, something to it. And, you know, the, again, as, as hard as we tried, and I know that people would always come up and say, you guys do a great job. We really appreciate it. They don't love it. They don't really, really, really like, if you give them that option, they don't want to be there. And I think the idea of them Tuning in to a show that they can watch from their couch on a big screen, have a beer, have some munchies that they can invite grandma to who doesn't really want to come out of the house to go to the event or lives out of town. Um, it is, it, it, it's much more high profile in, in the long run. So to give you some perspective, during my 30 minute live stream, we had somewhere around 185 comments while that live stream was happening uh, and a few hundred views. But the live stream that I did a few weeks earlier now has a couple of thousand views on it and, you know, hundreds of comments. So the fact that these can live on your Facebook page, on your YouTube channel, um, you can do a live stream to multiple platforms at the same time. I haven't done it so far with the Music Factory, although I do it with my personal live streams that I do uh, when I do any of my drum live stream events. Uh, so the last one I did, I, I live streamed to Facebook and Twitch at the same time. I can also, the next one will be on YouTube. 
So you could do that with your school. So now it lives on your YouTube channel. It lives on your Facebook page. It is long tail, amazingly cool content that you can get tons of activity on. And I think long term, way more bang for the buck than doing a recital. So I got the rehearsal room. I got there in the afternoon because I like to take my time to set everything up and not be rushed. And again, you know, this is a little bit newer. So I want to make sure like, you know, if I have any technical glitch or whatever, you know, I'm always like that. I always prefer to set up and sound check and everything way earlier than technically I need to. So I got there at like two in the afternoon. The kids arrive for sound check at four. But so, you know, one or two in the afternoon till six, I think is what we paid for the rehearsal room for. And it was like 160 bucks. And I had two staff members that I were there that are, were paid. Um, and they came at like three in the afternoon. So two staff members, a couple, two, three hours of pay to them. And that's about it. So, I mean, you know, a couple hundred bucks, 250 $300, whatever. Um, on the event, it, it really wasn't, you know, not a big deal. And that's a lot less than what we were spending at our other events. Now, we were charging at our live events as a way to cover things. Um, and we were probably getting to a point where we might have actually started to even make a little bit of money. But I believe for the effort and the amount of staff I needed and all the stuff that went with it, that this is still a better bang for the buck. And I am figuring out a way here that I'm going to be able to monetize this live stream at some point. I am going to get a sponsor or something to turn this live stream into something really, really cool. So, um, something to think about, you know, keep in mind that your recital that you, you've, you, you're used to having done, you're not going to do that for we maybe next summer. You know, looking at the way things are going, maybe next summer, almost a year from now before you can do those live events. So I think it's important to think about other alternatives. I did see that Los Rios had their bands play a show. They did it at um, the coach house and they live streamed the whole thing, you know, and, and that's going to be the plan for your, for your live bands. Now, that's what we're planning also for our couple of bands that are still cruising along is a live stream show, but also I'm going to work in the videos, the contests, the host, you know, um, you got to make it a show, right? And you got to try to make it entertaining. So I think it's something to really think about. I think I'm going to put a course together on the details of how to do this. So if somebody wants to go really deep into it, but you know, the reality is it is something you can figure out if you really wanted to. Um, I, I think it, you know, I just, Feel that you got to start thinking outside of the box, guys, because what you remember as how you used to do things and what your students kind of remember of how you used to do things, it's going to be a long time before that comes back. And I personally am just kind of not really willing to, to wait for that. I want to come up, use this time to, to move on and do it better and different in some kind of way. And this is one of the things that we're doing. All right, now, I should know this better than most. I, I feel if there's an area in this music lesson world that I may have more experience than anybody doing this, 
any of the other, you know, podcasters or coaches or whatever, I have probably more experience when it comes to management of people. I had 18 years in corporate management. I had hundreds of employees working for me at different times. Tons of sales training and HR training and management and having to take a team. I, the biggest you know, store that I ran was our Sherman Oaks Guitar Center, which um, I guess I could tell you, you know, would do uh, 20 something million in sales a year. And I had a staff of about 75 people when I was just a store manager at that store. And, you know, so quite often we were in that situation of rolling out new corporate, you know, procedures or rules, or here's a new thing we want all the salespeople to do. And you would have to train everybody and, you know, roll that out through your store and implement different things. And, you know, so I'm super experienced with that. And you know, I, I knew it then and I know it now, but it's a good reminder, which is to inspect what you expect. It's an old saying, right? Um, I think, is that a Ronald Reagan thing? He did trust but verify. Who did inspect what you expect? I don't know. Maybe that was a guitar centerism. I doubt it. We took everything from like some management book or whatever. Whatever the hot management book of the year or the six months was there was some executive presenting it at a meeting and then we'd all use those same buzzwords, you know, when it was good to great or, you know, all these different books. Anyway, you got to inspect what you expect. And, you know, all of my teachers are employees. They have to do it the way that I want. And I had some experiences this week because we are making major changes and we have rolled out to our teachers very very strict protocols on how that online lesson is being delivered. And moving forward, I'm not really calling that an online lesson anymore. It's a music lesson, period. And very specific setups for cameras and audio and use of Manicam to deliver a lesson in a certain way. And we trained on it. We had meetings on it. I've had Teachers send me videos, uh, giving me examples of them using it in a lesson, you know, where they just recorded a video uh, of a lesson and sent it. And so yesterday or day before, I popped into, I'd say over the course of this week, six lessons where I just showed up in somebody's Zoom lesson, you know, kept my camera off, muted. Just sent a quick message. Hey, I'm just observing. Do your thing. And maybe 30% compliance with what we're trying to do. And I think I have pretty darn good teachers. Like I, I have done this for a long time and have interacted with quite a few other music teachers out there. And uh, these are good people. These are good employees. They're not bad people. They're not bad employees. Well, one was a bad employee. And... Uh, while I was recording this podcast, I got the email that he resigned, um, which basically saved me from firing him this week. Um, but anyway, the rest of them, they're all good employees, you know, and I believe their hearts are in the right place. They want to do a good job. And, and this is kind of that constant reminder is 
people, even really good employees. I, I could even say this for my, so when I was a store manager or a district manager for Guitar Center, if I, you know, there were certain things that they wanted done. You had to do certain reports or different things like that. If there wasn't an inspection of a lot of those things, I probably wouldn't do a lot of them. And I was a high level, highly paid executive in that company at that point. It's human nature. If you're telling your teachers, hey, I want this to go like this. If you don't continually, not just once in a great while, if you don't continually inspect it and either give them a, hey, man, I watched that lesson and it was awesome. You did everything. That was great. Or you did nothing the way that we're supposed to. Let's review that. Did you have questions about how it's supposed to work? How can I help you to get it together? Um, if you're not doing that on a regular basis, the best of the best will still not do a lot of what you're asking them to do. It is human nature. The same way if you tell a student at the end of a lesson, hey, next week when you come in, I'm going to check here and see how you did with practice in that. I'm going to look and see what you did in the practice timer in teacher zone. And when they show up for the lesson, you don't even mention it. You just skip right into the next song you were already thinking about doing with them or, or whatever you want to work on, which constantly happens with music teachers and lessons. How long does it take a student to realize, oh, he never checks up to see if I did homework, right? There's no accountability. And if you don't apply accountability to your staff, they will just naturally flow into this state of kind of doing it what they want to do that day. What's the path of least resistance? Everybody, almost everybody will take a path of least resistance. It really takes, I mean, it's a very rare individual that has the discipline to go, I am going to do the hard things today to make my life easier later. And, and that's, you know, we all have to continually fight that demon, right? And, and that was one of my favorite Jim Rohn sayings, you know, doing the hard things today will make your life easier. Doing the easy things every day makes your life hard. You know, think about it. It's easy to not go for a bike ride today. I did go for about an hour and 15 minutes, but not as long as I wanted to. It's just easier not to do it. It wasn't hard to go for that ride, Monday, I went for a great one, super hard workout, felt amazing, right? And it was harder to go do it. It was harder to go push myself, but I feel amazing later for doing it. I feel my, you know, energy levels and, I, you know, I haven't had a much, well, I, I was going to say I haven't had a drop of alcohol in a month. I actually did have one beer the other night. Um, but anyway, I'm not really drinking the red wine like I used to and, you know, physically I'm feeling the best I have in an awful long time. And it's inspired me to just go deep into cycling again. And I'm setting myself a goal, uh, for sometime next year, hopefully whenever there's racing happening to get back to the point where I can go do one, I'm going to do a cat five criterium race, which that cat five is beginner. That's what I used to race at in my thirties. I never made it out of cat five in, um, road racing. Um, and I'm going to go do one of those races. And, 
you got to be fit, really fit to even not to hang in the back, like just to stay with the group. So I've got that goal and I'm motivated to do it now. And it's going to be hard, but doing the hard things every day makes your life better. And you might have some teachers that look at it that way. But for most people, when it comes to their job, if there's no accountability, if there's no inspection of what is expected, they will slack off. And I, I really got that this week and was angry, angry at myself for not having double, triple, quadruple checked it more and more and more with my teachers, not having more and more conversations with them explaining again, not only why we have to do it this way right now uh, and moving forward, you know, based on where I'm trying to go with the school, but just the bottom line is where, you know, this is your job. We're asking you to do it a certain way. You got to do it. You know, there's, you know, I'm here to help you, but you got to do it. And there's a way to manage people to, to say those things to them that doesn't demotivate them, that, you know, makes it, you know, a, comes out a positive for them. Uh, so. I would highly encourage you, if you think your teachers are so good, you know, because pretty much every music school owner I talk to tells me how good their teachers are. My teachers, oh, my, my contractors, I'm so good at hiring that the contractors I've hired, they, we all have the same philosophy. I've hired based around a philosophy, so I know they're doing it. I'm calling bullshit. You don't know jack shit about what they're doing in those lessons unless you're in there. Okay. And I know that I've known that style of management forever. And even the best of the management people out there, we, we screw up and I totally screwed this up. I should have been way more on top of it. Um, but like I said, this is something, you know, I've got a lot of experience with and I'm messing it up. So take a cold, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I inspecting what I expect. Music Lesson Business Academy is made possible by your support over at Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash music lesson business academy to become a supporter.